The season is almost over, and the goal of the Coastal Division title was not achieved. Saturday's game put on full display what's right and what's wrong with the Panthers. Great defense, bad offense. Bad enough to lose despite a good defensive performance. They'll have a chance to redeem themselves and finish strong against Boston College. We'll discuss that and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina, and it's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just, that's what it is. One hell of a game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world! Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of November 30th. This is the Hail to Pit podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. No other way to describe it. Pitt got blanked in Blacksburg. The Coastal Division is officially out of reach. The goal was not achieved. Mission not accomplished. No premium bowl appearances for the Panthers. Oh, yeah, and we lost the City game, too. These are the moments, though, where we need to stick together as Pitt fans, Pam. We need to stick together and make sure we get through this, get to a decent enough bowl game, and have something positive to talk about over Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, the talk this year over Thanksgiving um, isn't going to be the best, but we hope to give you some good pit talking points that you can change the subject if things start to turn sour (laughs) yeah yeah you want to talk about how they got destroyed in blacksburg but men's soccer you know got to the tournament for the first time in 1960 since 1965 or i don't know uh vince they still lead the nation in sacks correct yeah that that is correct as as far as i understand but uh really just a small consolation prize at this point (laughs) uh you know that's definitely the definition of a consolation prize embarrassing loss but you still have that that on your mantle i guess for this year and that glimmer of hope which might be more torturous than actually just having a terrible season getting destroyed in the biggest game of the season but the fact is pit i mean we're going to be debating this all show long i think pitts had a pretty good season but that was very rough we need to talk all about it Getting ready for the last football game of the year at H2P Show is where you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we will be uh, interacting with you over the holiday. Hopefully, hopefully you'll, you're going to be in, getting ready to enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday shows coming out a little bit early this week for everyone. So you can listen to it maybe while you travel, get you ready for that dinner table conversation about the Panthers. And uh, we'll be talking to you throughout the week as well, all the way through the BC game into next week's show. So at H2P Show, always appreciate the feedback there. And, of course, anytime you converse with us on Panther Lair or Reddit, which is where we'll be dragging some of the best comments from uh, onto this week's Around the Pitternet uh, uh, segment, which I can't wait to bring back. We are brought to you buy pretty easy podcasts as well go to prettyeasypodcast.com to start your own podcast today get your own personal producer take the load of production off of your shoulders so you can just focus on talking into a microphone doing your own podcast on any subject you love whatever you're passionate about and want to talk about prettyeasypodcasts.com is the place to get started all right let's uh, get through some news and notes before we dissect that embarrassing loss pam like I said, men's soccer, historic, unfortunately, ran into a bit of a wrecking ball in Georgetown in the second round after beating Lehigh. So the season's over for men's soccer, but his, historic nonetheless. Yeah, it's a great appearance for them. I know um, a loss like that will sting, but hopefully they can use it as motivation in the offseason um, and continue to shoot for the NCAA tournament again and maybe even advance even further next year. I think men's soccer exemplifies how, you know, Pitt is 
ready to be in the ACC. Vince, a lot of people said Pitt moving to the ACC would be tough on a whole lot of different sports, including soccer, including uh, basketball. Basketball obviously has a way to bounce back, but soccer is, and with soccer and volleyball, they're kind of providing a lot of hope all across the athletic department, I think. Yeah, it's that, that winning culture that Heather Lake wants to instill among, you know, all the programs uh, at, at the school. And we're seeing that in soccer playing in a, in a premier conference there, and they're, they're doing well. And I think a lot of it, the conference affiliation has a lot to do with that and, and playing at a, a, a high competition level. And um, we're certainly seeing it with the volleyball, no doubt about mm-hmm. that. Women's volleyball, uh, they are the, the ACC champs, and they are just a, a wrecking machine right now take on everybody they got their last regular season game on thanksgiving eve uh <laughs> this week and then uh and they're the go-to for- they're the go-to sorry getting ready for the, for the tournament for sure but they're the go-to right at the dinner table this week if you're at thanksgiving and your drunk uncle starts giving you hell about how Pitt will never be like they were back back when he was you know young and watching them just bring up volleyball change the subject that's where you go <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's not a bad idea. They could win the championship in Pittsburgh this year. That's yeah. even better. That would be amazing. And uh, yeah, definitely be talking about them with some family members as we talk Panthers over the holiday. I feel so bad for football. Uh, well, I, I mean, it is their own <laughs> fault, but this is very, I mean, Pitt students get the whole week off. So they have the whole week off to all go back to their families and, and just, stew on that 28 to nothing loss yikes yikes that was rough but i'm almost as i'm more upset that we lost the city game pam women's basketball losing by 19 to duquesne yeah duquesne's a pretty good program though um i wouldn't take i mean it's always tough to lose the city game but duquesne um is a consistent program. They had a down year last year, I believe, but not too bad. So there's some good things that we could take from this pick game though um, against Duquesne. Uh, Deshante Harris finished with 22 points. We've talked about yes. this year, how we're looking for some alternative scoring. Freshman players. Freshman stepping up. We've been talking about it. Day Harris. I called her out before the season started, Pam. There you go. I love that. Yeah, and uh, I preached rebounding here, and Amber Brown and Judkins played really well down low, really controlled the boards. Uh, the problem for the Panthers in this one was Duquesne went on a run in the second quarter, and the Panthers never really recovered too much. Um, they went on a 20-11 to 11 run there. And then in the third quarter, uh, Duquesne hit, I believe, back-to-back-to-back threes on three straight possession, and the game was kind of out of reach at that point. Um, but... Coach Lance White talked about some good things he saw there. And uh, it's going to be a rebuilding year with, what, seven new players this year, um, all getting significant minutes for this women's basketball team. And the men's basketball team is actually playing as we record right now, live on uh, FS1 in front of a national audience against Kansas State. So uh, we'll be keeping – I got that on in the corner of my eye. We won't try won't, – we won't, we'll try not to be too distracted during this one, Vince. So – you know, eyes forward and keep, you know, I don't know if you have the iPad set up or what, but so far so good. Almost, uh, you know, halfway through it, we're over halfway through the second half here and Pitt's playing K-State pretty well. Yeah, we're monitored here and they're in a, uh, they're in, they're in a cat fight. Uh, I'll say that it is a, it's all tied up here. Uh, it's, it looks like it's going to come down to the wire. And uh, I will say, I just, I love the, the, how Laker-esque the new jerseys look they, yeah. they, they are <laughs> they are just so pretty to watch on, on television uh as Pitt turns it over and uh maybe that game will end while we're recording here uh, against kansas state okay that's all the news and notes uh to get through before we get into the meat of this week's episode breaking down reacting and looking forward for Pitt football virginia tech it was all set up we said it big biggest game of the year going into it uh, apparently, it was their defensive coordinator's final game ever at home. Uh, is that true, Pam? Yeah, Bud Foster. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, 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 I didn't realize it watching the nauseating uh, telecast, which oh, when 
Frank Beamer was in the booth, right? Or, Wasn't he in the booth at and, one point? And they yeah. did, and they basically stopped covering the game. Like nobody mentioned, <laughs> nobody mentioned what was going on on the field. The cameras weren't even on the field at times. It was one of the most bizarre telecasts, first and foremost, I've ever watched. And I felt like I was all, I honestly, like, I, I know a lot of us feel like so, they're, everyone's against our team, especially in terrible losses like that. But I felt like I was watching a regional broadcast for the Virginia yeah. Tech Hokies watching this game. Yeah, it, it was it was sickening to watch. Um, you know, and, and to, to lose on top of it, it just, it just, just made it even worse. Yeah, I uh, was out of town i was actually in columbus ohio and i was at a bar watching the game and um i just it was constantly different virginia tech things and beamer in the booth and all sorts of things maybe someday if pitt's been in the conference longer than virginia tech and mm-hmm. we have an old coach retiring we'll we'll get that kind of uh treatment well but. the worst part about it is it's all justified because pitt li- literally gave the announcers and, and the whole you know, everyone at ESPN, nothing to talk about. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. they couldn't even muster up 200 yards. Kenny Pickett comes from his best game ever to all. I mean, there, there, there weren't turnovers except the fumble, right? So, I mean, it was one of his worst. I think he might have even had worse games than that, but hard to imagine. And I don't know what we blame. Is it the Bud Foster, uh, you know, farewell that their defense was just so good? Was it more pit playing bad in the rain? Uh, there's a lot to get into here, but you can't you can't start this conversation without acknowledging how anemic Pitt's offense was, Pam. Yeah, I I mean Virginia Tech they've really come alive here the past few weeks. Um, I think last week they came off a good win against Georgia Tech. I know Georgia Tech's down, but they did exactly what we've talked about in the past. What we wanted Pitt to do is to stomp on an opponent early and crush them. And um, I think Virginia Tech took some of that momentum, but I blame more of this uh, on Pitt's offense and not necessarily Virginia Tech's defense. Yeah, it was, it was really awful. It was turnovers or a turnover. It was uh, stalling. It was penalties again, Vince. A lot of the same stuff we've seen just all jumbled into one mess in the rain on a day where Virginia Tech was, I mean, ready to play in a big game and Pitt's offense completely unprepared. And what what excuses are there? That French wasn't out there? I don't think so. I think, uh, you know, Pitt's had gone into games with more adversity than they had going into this one, but just didn't show up plain and simple, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's really what I attributed to. You know, there, there was, you know, there was penalties, there was... Uh, bad execution, you know, drop passes again, you know, just really been a theme all year. Uh, uh, and also, you know, I, I'd say, you know, some game plan uh, was not very good. Um, really, Alan, you know, at one point Pitt had only ran the ball, you know, maybe like 10 times, uh, you know, the entire game. Uh, that just being so one dimensional uh, like that and, you know, getting, uh, in, in all these third and long situations, that's just—it's just not good. I mean, they're just not not built to uh, to uh, make plays like that. That's just not what they're uh, something that they can uh, sustain for, for an entire game. And, and it's not like they needed to, you know, go out and score you know fifty points in order to win this game. Uh, they, they didn't really need to score that much, especially with how great the defense played. Uh, you know, if, uh, if the game didn't really get away from them, uh, like it did in the second half, you know, they could have been right there with just, uh, just a couple, a couple plays made a couple good executions. Yeah. There were just moments, uh, demoralizing moments in this one, I think just are really what beat the, the offense, uh, into the ground and, and KO'd them pretty early. Like I, I will say at the, the Kenny Pickett fumble, to overcome that just felt almost insurmountable with how buck wild the crowd was, how crazy they were even in the announce booth and just how uh, they didn't seem confident at all at the already at that point. And, you know, if I felt like it was very easy for Virginia tech's defensive backs to cover uh, to zero Mac, Jared Wayne and the rest of them. I mean, I think shocky Jacques had what one catch in this game. 
And there was just nothing was difficult for Virginia Tech in this game as a defense because uh, Pitt was, I don't know, they were in their own head. Who knows? But um, it was it was a tough watch. Most of all, it was tough to watch. 28-0 to zero and basically over at halftime, I, I, would, I would argue. Yeah, and Pam, I'd like to get your opinion on this because it, it seemed like to me, you know, the game was not out of reach. And I understand that that, you know, that fumble uh, return for a touchdown was huge, but it was still only 14-0 at that point. Um, and we've seen Pitt re- uh, recover from, from deficits like that. But kind of whenever they scored that, that touchdown uh, at the end of the first half to go down 21 nothing, that, that seemed like it to me because I, I did not have much faith that the offense was going to come around, come out in the second half and make uh, the necessary changes or, or start playing that much better. Yeah, and the offense all year hasn't proven that they've come back, correct? Like they haven't come back from being down in a game. Well, UCF, I, mean, I guess. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they were. You know, there's been some games where they've made they they have made some plays late against Duke, specific, uh, also. Juice. But uh, yes, uh, but it's just. But uh, they usually have a lead, give up the lead, then come back. Yeah. <laughs> this, this this was a hole. This was a good. this was a hole that that they had not dug themselves into all year. I think is the the, the thing we need. You know. We, we need to put our heads around here is that Pitt was in a hole and I don't know, they had did nothing uh, all year to make you think they could dig out of something that deep. That was a deep hole, 21, nothing at the half. Correct. And normally the offense gets going pretty early on, whether it's a drive or something early on um, that gives them some kind of life or some kind of momentum. And um, even just, holding the ball for a little bit to give the defensive a, a break in the first half. We've talked about how in the second half this year, sometimes they don't always do that. And the defense has to really step up and be on the field significantly at times. But this game, they couldn't even put together any kind of drive. But for me, it goes back to the offense. Yeah. Play calling and drop passes. But what about the lack of discipline? All these penalties again. It's the same thing over and over again. I just, one once again, Pitt must lead the nation in illegal formations or illegal mm-hmm. shift. They had two more in this game, yep. two false starts, an awful holding part penalty on a, in the third quarter where they were pretty much out of life. But, you know, if they were going to make a run, it was right there. It's, I just don't understand how undisciplined this team can constantly be on the offensive side of the ball you're not good enough to make up for it on defense we've seen sometimes early on in the year especially a bad pass interference penalty or holding or something like that but the defense is good enough to make up for it this offense is not and it's just mental errors time and time again and I think that's where I get the most frustrated same same and those happen too I'm noticing, especially in this game, after, you know, already maybe they haven't had these penalties yet, but in the game, in the flow of the game, they've uh, had, you know, many failures where they were stuffed on a, uh, you know, they would go three and out or they were stuffed on a fourth down attempt or, you know, the, the offense is just already stalling a little bit. They can't get going. And I think once they can't get going, then that's when you start seeing the mental breakdowns. And that's when the penalties started happening in this game where, you know, Pitt. All you know, they weren't they weren't making uh, errors detrimental to themselves. They were just they weren't doing anything. They were kind of just out there. But then, then they get frustrated, and then the frustration sets in. It's raining. Bud Foster, the name is said about five hundred thousand times. You see a stupid lunch pail flag flying in the sky, and before you know it, you're illegally formationed. I don't. It, it was just <laughs> a snowball rolling down a hill, getting bigger, getting bigger, and it totally just it avalanched all over the entire offense. It was, it was damn near a massacre, Vince. It was the, one of the bloodiest losses I could remember watching for any of the teams I've ever rooted for in any sport. It was bad. Yeah, it, it, it was very hard to watch. And, and I thought, you know, the defense, you know, doing their part made it kind of that much worse, you know? I mean, yeah, they gave up a, uh, uh, a bad, uh, uh, passing touchdown 
early in the game where there there, there was a receiver wide open uh, and and some bad tackling. Uh, it, the defense kind of got a little unlucky. They forced four fumbles, only recovered one of them. Yikes! Uh, yeah, I couldn't I believe mean, it. That, yeah, I mean that a little unlucky there. Uh, a couple times where they probably should have had Hooker sacked, but uh, you know he was able to get away. But other than that, I mean they held Virginia Tech to only 263 total yards. Uh, if you told me that was going to happen, you'd say that yeah, Pitt's defense did their part, and they, you know this would have been a, a, a rather close game. But uh, the offense just did absolutely nothing, and and yeah, you can't win a game like that. I think in college football, it's not too much to ask to score 21, 24, 30 points from your offense. Or just, you know, at least one touchdown would have been nice in this game. Even if if they would have scored, you know, I mean, you know, they had that, uh, there was a fourth down that they went for in the red zone very early on in the game. Would have been a different game. Yeah, would have been a different game. They would have get that. Yeah, you know, say if you score there. One of those other opportunities in the first half, you get a score on uh, specifically on the one. Uh, um, you know, maybe they would have uh, did a scoop and score on the one fumble that they did recover, uh, and say Kenny Pickett doesn't fumble that ball uh, for a touchdown. Then you know you got a much closer game, and anything can happen. Um, a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah, I, but I it, just yeah, oh, a lot went wrong. I watched this game and I watched what they asked Hendon Hooker to do, and I was comparing it to what we're asking Kenny Pickett to do offensively. And for two guys who, I mean, honestly, Kenny Pickett maybe a little more seasoned, maybe a, a little more arm talent, but not by much, if any. I mean. You shouldn't be asking him to do all those things when you got a guy across from him who is, I would say, his equal. And they just said, Hendon, go out there and play your game. Don't pick. Don't throw any picks. Be efficient. You know, f- even when f- if you're fumbling, fall on the ball. If you're going to get sacked, try to fall forward for a yard. This guy had 20 carries technically for 27 yards, and all of those are because he was about to get sacked and he just had the wherewithal to fall forward. What Pitt's asking Kenny Pickett to do is not manage the game. They had him out there. They they were calling plays like he was Cam Newton. Like, they were running, you know, op- option reads, Kenny, go run, run the ball. Like, you're going to outrun any of these Virginia Tech uh, defensive backs or linebackers. I mean, just because he did it the week before – it was absurd at times what they were asking of Kenny Pickett. And then he goes out there and it's, it's a 10 for 26 and blah. I mean, he didn't throw any picks, but it was just asking way too much of one guy, I think, and asking nothing of a bunch of guys who are capable. Where is Vincent Davis, Pam? The guy has shown early in the season as a freshman, he can be trusted and they were late in the season and he's basically non-existent, not out there at all. Hardly. This is why the game plan has been ridiculous in a lot of these games. They gave up on the run. I know you're down a lot, but at some point, like, you have to try the run, especially early on in the game. Stick with it. Um, even get Vincent Davis in space a little bit. It's I just don't understand what happens with Narduzzi and some of these guys on offense. It's like they use them. There's, like, a bright spot, and then it's like, let, let me go sit – sit him down for a game or two or three. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say this is that, you know, last week we were all sitting here saying, you know, Kenny Pickett r- really grew up. He's putting it, you know, <laughs> he's, he's helping carrying this team. They did really, he did really well. It's the best game he's ever played. Uh, and now, you know, they put all, they literally put it all on his shoulders and it, it didn't turn out, turn out well, but I, I'm, I'm on your side, Pam. You know, they had, you know, you know, Valique Carter, Vincent Davis, you know, the AJ Davis, you know, these guys have shown that they, they have the ability uh, to move the ball and they just didn't get it to them. My issue, another issue with the game plan is you can't expect Kenny Pickett to do what he did against North Carolina's really bad defense yeah. against this Virginia Tech exactly. defense. That's where the game plan has to change. You have to adapt. What works one week does not work the next week. And that goes back to poor planning, poor coaching, and poor execution by the coaching staff. Got to call it out, Pam. You're right. It was it was 
uh, more than anything, I'd say tough to watch the the play calling on offense. I mean, there was other things, penalties, uh, players, you know, not doing their best, but coaching as well. You, this is a team loss all the way. Anytime you lose twenty eight to zero in the biggest game of the year as a coaching staff, I mean, you have to expect uh, criticism and fans to be pretty. Uh, you know, upset with what you're, where you have the program, because what whether or not Pitt ends with eight, nine wins, uh, this is going to be a huge, huge blemish on what ultimately I think is going to be a successful season, Vince. But this is uh, going to be tough for Narduzzi and his staff to get over, and they're, I, I mean, I don't know how they do it. I mean, other than just completely obliterate Boston College and hopefully get a big bowl game victory. That's the, that's where you start. That's the only place you could start. Well, that's the thing, yeah. And, and it, the season is not over yet. Uh so let's see, you know, how how they finish. Uh you know, I I know next week there's going to be we're going to have certainly a lot of talk over, you know, what what changes should be made to this staff, uh if any. Um and so let's let's see what what happens against Boston College see where they end up. Uh, certainly, you know, if there was an eight and four season, I think we're probably feeling pretty good about that. But if it ends seven and five uh, in the fashion that, you know, uh, of, of last week's game and hopefully not this week's game, then uh, I think we're all going to be sitting here demanding for some changes. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's see what happens with Boston College before we make any judgment. Uh, Boston College is coming uh, after a loss to Notre Dame last week. Last weekend, uh, they're going to be coming into Heinz Field, trying to uh, get bowl eligible. Mm. Uh, with a five and six record, desperate uh, a team, a desperate team uh, that has not been, uh, you know, I guess you know, rather up and down. Not a tremendous amount of talent on this team. A- an excellent running back in AJ Dillon, um, but it, it's going to be. Uh, it's, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. This is a team that plays hard, Pam, no doubt about that. Yeah, um, they start the season with Brown as quarterback, um, and Brown unfortunately had season-ending knee surgery after sustaining a non-contact injury in the second quarter of the game against Louisville on October 5th. So Grossel's been, I believe that's how you say his name, has been playing quarterback there. But the story about this team, Boston College team, is A.J. Dillon, but also the quarterback runs. This is a running team. Um, This is an offense that can score points a game, but they average almost uh, 300 yards on the ground and 188 in the air every game. So they're going to look to run all over this pit defense. Yeah, that's going to be a a fun matchup for the defensive line. Uh, They got to do something different this week. Not so much get after the quarterback, but stop. Uh, one of, if not arguably the best running back they'll face all season long. Vince, would you say A.J. Dillon's in that yeah. class? I mean, I think he's up there, one of the best in the country. Dude's got 1,500-plus yards. Um, and it's a different kind of test for the defensive line coming up this week. Uh, it's a desperate game for Boston College. But quite frankly, like we said, for Narduzzi and the staff and everybody you know, with the program, Fans are going to be angry if Pitt ends up with seven losses. The thing I love about Narduzzi is I think this is the exact kind of game where he he's going to have a bunch of maniacs out there playing for him. You know he's going to be fired up. This is as much of a must-win for Pitt almost as it is for Boston College. Would you say so, Pam? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Pitt defense has to stay disciplined, which has all year. But I agree. This is the um, a must-win game for Pitt because – I think before the season, um, without any data, eight, we would have been happy with eight and four. Um, now it feels like we have to get to eight and four to have any uh, resemblance of a decent yeah. season because of how bad we've looked in some of these losses or how close we were to some of these and had some good wins as well. We've lost to a bad Miami team, a Miami team that – Lost to well, Florida, Florida International, International this yeah. weekend. Um, that loss just keeps getting worse and worse. So I think to end the season and to get a decent bowl game and just continue to get better is so necessary. That collision course with Texas. I'm feeling it. 
<laughs> they lost last week too. I, I it might actually the happen. Vince. I'm talking it into existence. But def, I think Pitt definitely needs to beat Boston College for that to happen, or something like that with Pitt. You know, against a bigger school like Texas in a bowl game is what I'm striving for and hoping for. Uh, yeah. It's it's go, not going to be easy though because if if the, a team that only scored seven points, you know, in their last game against Notre Dame. But for some reason, I feel like they might be able to score on Pitt, you know, just considering it's a different kind of offense that Pitt's been having to face this year. Well, but but Narduzzi's team is, you know, they are built to stop the run, and that is the focus of the defense. Uh, so, I, you know, I do feel pretty good uh, about, you know, being able to shut them down. I, I got to think that you know, they're going to key on A.J. Dillon. And you know Pitt's uh, corner corners are certainly capable uh, of maybe playing some one-on-one coverage. Now we won't have Paris Ford for the first half uh, due to that uh, very questionable targeting penalty. <laughs> um, and and you know he's he's been uh, all over the field at run support, but uh, you know and certainly uh, you know if Jazzy Stalker is the guy to take his place, he hasn't had the best. Uh, against North Carolina did not play the best game. So there could be a little vulnerability there, but you got to think Pitt's defense is really going to bring it here uh, and, and try to shut down AJ Dillon. I think that's, you know, stopping them on first and second down, I think is going to be absolutely key. Uh, so I think the game is going to be served up for the offense to win. Uh, but I guess you really got a question that whether they're going to be able to make enough plays in order to do that. Yeah. Boston college is defense has been, letting up almost 33 points a game here. But I think this game on the defensive side comes down to whether the back end of the defense can stay disciplined um, when Boston College does go to throw. Can they not commit a penalty? Can they make a good defensive play? Can they stick with their men and stay disciplined? I think that's where um, to to make sure Boston College doesn't get an easy one through the air occasionally. I'm also interested to see uh, what's up with Twyman. He did have an injury in the in the game against Virginia Tech. Yeah. That was uh, that I know I held my breath. I mean, that is a special player, and you want to be able to see him play the re- the rest of this really special season. So uh, holding our breath, I guess, all the way until game time when we see who suits up for this one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, certainly, very early in the week. Uh, not that we'd be clued in on whether he was going to be playing or not. Uh, but, uh, I, I guess we'll see. I am still you know, with, with, you know, the way I thought Bentley played a, a deep, a somewhat decent game. Uh, and yeah, that De- made Devin Danielson will be in there. Uh, so I, th- I think there's still some, some quality depth on the interior defensive line, obviously not at that level, certainly in, in, in pass rushing, but, uh, you know, run stopping is where, uh, Pitt's defense is really going to have to, to, to uh, you know, make victories uh, in the in the early downs uh, this weekend. Thirty tackles for Kylan Johnson. Thirty-five tackles. I, all the tackles get after him. AJ Dillon is going to be toting that rock a whole lot in this last regular season game for the Pitt Panthers against Boston College. We'll have our picks for that game coming up in a bit. Real quick update. Pitt Panthers men's basketball down 58-57. I like this like we're like live on the radio on a podcast with the game going on. It's fun. Uh, a minute 45, so this game will end while we're still recording the show. So, uh, yeah, it's it's coming down to the wire. It's been a really good game. Actually fun to watch. And Pitt has actually gotten some offensive boards in this one too. Surprising. Um, let's bring back the return of what's quickly becoming my favorite part of the show a segment where we uh, go to all the the favorite websites of Pitt Panther fans and uh, see what everyone's saying. Pam, are you ready to go around the Pitternet? Yeah, I can't wait. Let's do it. Can you explain what Internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internets. And to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right, we're going to go around the Pitternet, and after what was a rough weekend for Pitt football, Pitt women's basketball, uh, a lot of interesting things being said by the Pitt fans out there. First, we'll start on Panther Lair. 
This is Pitt87, who said, quote, At the end of the 2009 season, we were coming off a bowl victory over North Carolina, finishing the year at 10-3, ranked number 15 nationally. Shortly thereafter, the cries to fire Dave Wanstatt because he wasn't a good in-game coach went out across Panther Nation. And dopey Steve Penderson, typo, <laughs> made the tragic mistake <laughs> of firing Dave. How'd that work out? Who found this one? Yeah, uh, that, that was me. And, and this is this is a, a favorite one of mine. This always comes up around this time every year. Uh, whenever, you know, Pitt is, you know, they have a couple games that they could win at the end of the season and and really, you know, maybe make it to a, uh, you know, a nine-win season or a 10-win season. And then they come just a little short. And we're always reminded about how uh, <laughs> Dave wants that the last coach uh, to win nine regular season games, 10 overall in, in the season, and finish with a high ranking. Uh, but somehow that was not good enough. Be careful what you wish for. You don't want to be like Florida State either. Come on. Let's go to Panther Lair, where Rhino, with a Y, 527, says, quote, I'm 27. I've been going to games since I was 10. The best team I've ever seen at Pitt is a 10-win team that won the Meineke Car Care Bowl. This program is the definition of mediocre with a low ceiling and even lower floor. I'm okay with that. I don't see how we do better than what we are right now. I really don't. Narduzzi will win 7-9 and nine most years. I sadly don't think we can do better with a program that doesn't fill half of their stadium. Please tell me I'm wrong. Now that is incredibly depressing, Pam. Yeah, it is. I mean, maybe if they won more than seven games, they'd fill their stadium. <laughs> well, but I'm here to tell him that he's wrong uh, because I, I feel that, you know, this team is capable. Uh, this program is capable of much more. Uh, yes, they fall just a little short more often than not. But, uh, you know, they they can break up there every now and then yeah it's going to take some special things to happen uh but they have done it you know i mean and and, and they can't get back there and i i think we will you know this is a process of getting better it's just gonna be a matter of getting everything all right all at the same time easier said than done i understand that here this one's from pit panthers reddit this is from mally Borum, who said quote people calling for narduzzi to be fired are insane the loss is disappointing, but we're on the brink of our best season with a great recruiting class coming in. I have no doubt we will have a great season next year. It all depends on how much or how little the O-line improves or not. Now that's a great outlook on it, and I really agree with the offensive line stuff there, Pam, especially when you consider penalties and uh, the run game. Yeah, it's a, a great, great comment there. I love that one. And here's the last one we'll end it on. This is Pit is it with a Z. Pit is zit on Panther Lair, who said, must be an old guy posting this. Whipple needs to buy a house near me in Florida and retire. <laughs> I I don't know about that. I like I said, we we'll we'll discuss this uh you know at, at the end of the season. But <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've said a, a number of times this year that it seems like he's had good game plans and there's good play design. Uh, there's just been some bad execution. That I'm certainly not excusing what happened on Saturday, but uh, I think we will have to – let's wait till the sample size is completely full and we'll take a good long look at it. Yeah, and Alan, uh, for any Pitt fans out there that want to go down a Pitt Reddit rabbit hole, uh, lots of conversation on Reddit this weekend about the rain and how Pitt can't really play in the rain. Um, Pitt fans pointing out that the last four worst losses over the last two years have all come in the rain. And uh, some Pitt fans are calling for recruiting to be done on uh, looking for players who can play well in the rain out there. <laughs> how do you determine that you got to go scout? Hey, let's set our scouts wherever the weather is bad this weekend. <laughs> what do you do? Um, I will say a team that throws the ball 900 times a game in the rain, not a good equation, Vince. No, it's not. Uh, but you got to think, you know, I mean, we're, we're recruiting Florida heavily. They get a lot of rain down there. Uh, so, 
Is this a pit uh, fan who wants sure, more players? Sure maybe they want more people from the greater Northwest, from Seattle or maybe Northern <laughs> Oregon players. Maybe they'll be more suited. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the rain, it's, I'm going to call chalk that up to coincidence. Uh, and also maybe, yeah, some players don't handle the elements. Well, maybe that's just, maybe that's on Kenny Pickett. He's been the quarterback in those games, Pam. Maybe he's just not a good rain quarterback. Yeah, that could be it as well. Yep. Um, love going around the pit net. Online chatter is uh, nonstop. We appreciate any feedback we get because we do post our shows up on a uh, Reddit on Pit Panthers Reddit on Panther Lair, and we interact in those spaces as well. We love all the Panther fans there talking pit all the time. At H Two P Show, of course, on social media is where you'll find us. In addition to those places, uh, before we go into picking some games, Vince, we do have to go, uh, you know, uh, around the, the the chatter, you know, in real life. You know, in real places where people are face to face talking pit. What th- this might be something that you hear at the at, at the at the turkey table this Thursday. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of talking uh, at, at dining room tables this Thursday uh, about pit. And my goodness, is it going to be uh, not good? Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. This is the worst offense since that Sean Watson was offensive coordinator, you know? Yeah. First of all, passion mass potatoes. You know, yeah. I, I am just done there with this go. team. They ain't going to be even be allowed to play, go play in a bowl game. I mean, that offense stinks worse than your mom's green bean casserole. Don't you say that, you jag off. You know, my mom and my grandma, she make the best green bean casserole out there. You know, that's I'm going to throw illegal formation penalty on that comment right there. Hail to pit. So that's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, it's it's going to be a rather lively Thanksgiving day, and, and hopefully uh, it'll be something better to talk about uh, dinner on Saturday night. Panthers, Boston College, 330. Uh, it is going to be a, a, a rather physical game, we're expecting. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of other big games going around the country, some major shakeups, uh, specifically Oregon going down, Allen. Uh, but there is a lot to talk about in, in the world of college football as we finally get uh, down to the end here of the season. Oh, college football. Oh, Herm Edwards, you beautiful, beautiful ruiner of seasons and destroyer of the Pac-12. There you go. Now it's all on the Utes to to get the Pac-12 into it. We love talking Pac-12 on this show. Uh, Justin Haybear, Pam, uh, not all he was cracked up to be, is he? At least in the college game. I'm sure he'll get drafted at at a nice spot in the NFL, but not a winner. No, uh, wasn't able to carry... uh carry Oregon to the victory there against one of my favorite coaches in all of college athletics, Herm Edwards. Don't press send. I'm a big fan of uh, the Arizona State crowd, too, because I don't know if you caught it, but the referee asked the, the timekeeper to reset the play clock to 420. Reset the play clock to 420, and the crowd erupted in Arizona, which I don't know if that all that's legal out there, but they sure were excited. They also beat Oregon. Plenty to be excited about at Sun Devil Stadium, Vince. Yeah, and uh, good for good for Herm Edwards. But like you said, Alan, bad for the Pac-12. It looks like it's all going to come down to Utah. Uh, and you know, we may uh, say, uh, say assuming Georgia uh, does not win the SEC title at LSU, it sounds like we're going to have this. You know, and if Alabama could get by Auburn, which we're going to be talking about here, we may, and Oklahoma could get by Oklahoma State. Sounds like we're going to have this. And Utah wins the Pac 12, a, a Utah, Alabama, Oklahoma argument for that last spot in the top four. Uh, and Pam, I, I'm curious to know who you think uh, you'd pick out of those, out of those three. I pick a Utah team. Do you? Um, I think Utah, they do have that loss against USC, a weird loss on a weird Friday night where the third string quarterback 
uh, played in that one. But I think Utah um, has looked most dominant here down the stretch. OU, um, they had that bad loss to K-State. They also looked really bad against Baylor, but was able to eke that one out. I think they're OSU is going to put up a fight here. I think they might even struggle again to beat Baylor again in the Big 12 championship game. So I think based on looking at everything, I think you have, um, I think Utah, the other argument is you put Alabama in as well, but I think Utah's overall resume looks a lot better here. See, this is why we need to get rid of the playoff. This is, this is stupid. (laughs) No, I love the playoff. When LSU beats Georgia and Ohio State wins the Big Ten, that's all you need is LSU versus Ohio State. Settle it there. That's all I need to see. I mean, Clemson is going to make the argument, but you got to put someone on your damn schedule if you want to be included in the argument, Clemson. So Clemson beat Texas they, A&M. They Texas played Texas A&M. A&M and South Carolina. They're going to be playing. That's two SEC teams. Yeah. I, 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 those, those Texas A&M, while they, they – I think their records are not going to show up, but they had the hardest by far, one of the hardest schedules we've seen any team play. So I think Texas A&M – I believe, Alan, on the show, you thought Texas A&M was going to put up a fight against Clemson. Even, I thought so. so. I thought so, but Cle- Texas A&M is clearly – substandard uh when it when it comes to college football teams i i don't credit that victory at all i actually give more credence to the lsu victory at texas back when texas used to be back and at least that was on the road in a crazy atmosphere i mean this i I mean i'm semi-kidding but i really am just clamoring for an lsu ohio state matchup i think that's what we all want but Clemson is, you know, fully capable of beating both those teams, I think, if it's last year's Clemson team. But I, it's hard to gauge them because they really haven't been in that in that moment just yet. Whereas, uh, you know, LSU has Ohio State. You, well, they've just beaten the pants off everybody this week it, against the most desperate Jim Harbaugh they'll ever see. If I'm Michigan, I have two contracts re- or, or, or piece of paper ready at this game <laughs> one is a contract extension and one is a termination and uh, and a check for the buyout and that's what you get ready win or lose for michigan ohio state what, what's the westgate saying about it vince uh, we, ohio state an eight and a half point favorite at the westgate right now uh going around the road to michigan uh this line's much closer than i thought it would be uh i thought it would at least probably be around 10 or 11 or so uh so i it, I mean, really, this game Ohio State played against Penn State should not even have been as close to, as it was last week. So I got to think the Buckeyes are going to roll them here. I think uh, Chase Young will, you know, add on to his sacks record at school, and uh, yeah, this will be a, a drubbing. I mean, I've, I'm licking my chops. I might actually bet on this. Eight and a half seems super low, doesn't it, Pam? Yeah, it does. And I think uh, Chase Young, Michigan's offense, uh, while they've picked it up recently, um, just looks stagnant at times especially early on um so i think chase young's gonna have a field day here um ohio state did not capitalize enough in that penn state game they should have scored more they had some turnovers uh some different things happened there but um michigan has looked well here and i think um but i do think ohio state's going to continue to roll here so ohio state will uh you know get ready for a big 10 title game and get their spot in the playoff that they rightfully deserve. Then you got Alabama with a lot to prove. Do they have to like beat Auburn badly in order to make the case here, Vince, or does just a win suffice? Uh, That's tough to say. Um, I think uh, they uh, need to win and win by a touchdown or two and show that they, sorry for jumping in there, show that they, what they look like without a Tua. Um, and I, I still think they need some other teams to lose before they can make it in. Listen, I'm, I'm considering the, the fact that you have a backup quarterback in there now. And, and I'm also considering the fact that, you know, I love a, a conference champion. So if Alabama squeaks by Auburn and I have a 
Utah Utes team that ha- can handily maybe win a, a Pac-12 title, I would I would have no bones about picking them over Alabama. Um, you know, reputation I think is considered way too much going into the voting room, but I have to believe Utah in real life has no chance of leapfrogging Alabama, Vince. Uh, I think they I do. Don't, I think they do. I think. I hope you know, they this, do. I, I think you know they go out and they beat Oregon uh, in the Pac-12 title game. I think that that could be enough. I'm, I'm also. I'm not. You know, I didn't mention Baylor there, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna count them out. Uh, no, they're done. They're done. They're they're not. If, they, if we're if we're looking at Utah's non-conference schedule, look at Baylor's non-conference oh, I, schedule. I understand that, but if, if I'll say Utah loses and, and Baylor uh, wins the Big Twelve, um, and so they're only, they would only have one loss and one bad with one bad half against Oklahoma. Uh, I could make the argument that they should be in over Alabama. That's when Alabama gets in in that scenario you just described. I think you're higher on the Big Twelve than a lot of people out there. They should be. They should be high on, on the Big Twelve if Oklahoma, uh, you know, can rectify the the loss and and finish with the title. I, I still I I could still see it being LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma, uh, but it's going to be one of the more difficult. Who's the number four? team years i think for this committee i don't envy them i think alabama uh crushing auburn the way i expect them to uh i think by 10 points at least um that's going to make it really difficult a year i'm glad i'm not an auburn year it's an auburn it is i i don't know a couple weeks ago i said they'd beat either georgia or alabama and it i mean it looks okay at least you know with how it sets up but more i think about it i don't know i don't know about this auburn this Auburn offense enough to, to be able to score and keep up with what I think Alabama could still do points wise. I'm taking Alabama by 10. Yeah, I'd probably still pick, I'd still pick Alabama to win this game and probably cover. I think Alabama by like five or six. OU by almost two touchdowns, just under two touchdowns at Oklahoma state where they they're mad at uh, Gundy. They don't like him anymore there. Did you see that? Uh, no, you're going to have to enlighten me. He he did not return home with the team because he went to watch his son play in, in West Virginia or something, I heard. So uh, people were saying, hey, coach, why don't you travel with your team? And that's why. If, if he's going to see his son play, that's a stupid thing. It's stupid. That <laughs> to get mad. He should go watch his son. But it's yeah, people like actually were saying, Coach, what what the hell? Oklahoma, you know, they've been double digits favorites the past three weeks, and you know, while they've won these games, they have not looked good doing so. Uh so I you know, I would roll with, with the Cowboys to to cover this game. Uh uh maybe not necessarily win it, but and it's kind of that for that reason. I understand there's good competition in the Big Twelve, but Oklahoma just has not looked that good. Um so I, I I can't see how you put them in. I really can't. Uh, I'm going to have to see what they do against OK State, but I understand it. It's There's been some Wait, you're making an argument for Baylor but not Oklahoma? I you think... just said that if Oklahoma, that you can't make an argument for them, but you can make an argument for Baylor? That's ridiculous. I, if, Baylor would, if Baylor would win. I understand. I, I, think, I think Baylor's looked like a more impressive team. I understand that they left, that they played only one bad half. A really bad half. Yikes. Yeah. Um, also, just to clarify, Mike Gundy stayed behind in Oklahoma to watch his sons play in high school football while the team flew to West Virginia. He took a charter flight behind him. And people were kind of like, what the hell, coach? But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. And maybe uh, he'll ruin OU season and uh, make it easy on people. I bet you committee members are really rooting for uh, OSU this weekend. But I'm picking Oklahoma. And that leaves us with just two more games on our ledger to pick here. College game days going to the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe in Minnesota with Wisconsin traveling to take on the 
formerly undefeated, but no longer undefeated, but still America's sweetheart, Minnesota Gopher, Pam. Uh, these are two teams we've talked about a lot this season, and it all comes to blows this weekend in a highly, highly covered game. ESPN will be yeah. there. Yeah, Wisconsin's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. First time game days in Minnesota. You know how I feel. I love P.J. Fleck. Um, I think Minnesota's going to win this game against Wisconsin. Minnesota's receivers are so good. They are so good. Um, and hopefully they can pull out a win, and the winner of this heads to the Big Ten Championship game. So lots of stake, uh, lots at stake in this game here. Wisconsin um, has been able to run the ball, put up some good numbers, but I think it's it's a Minnesota year. I'm rooting for the Gophers, too, and I like them at home, uh, and I'd like to see what they can do against Ohio State, Vince. That would be a, a pretty fun Big Big Ten title game, I think, with the good the good wideouts there to see uh, Minnesota going back with, with Chase Young pinning his ears back. It could be a really fun championship game. Yeah, I hope we get to see it, and uh... – I don't. I don't know. It. It may. This Minnesota team may be running out of steam. I. I. I don't. I don't know. I. I am gonna throw the boat. I am gonna pick them to to win this ball game here, uh, and be able to make just enough plays. But you know, Wisconsin. It. It would not surprise me. Just, you know, if the boringness won out. <laughs> I'm calling it, uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Yeah. Pick six. <laughs> biggest moment of the game and he's gonna he's gonna uh, send minnesota to the big 10 title game fingers crossed that leaves us with our last game to pick a real quick pit basketball just beat kansas state in a huge win biggest win of the season yet that was great formerly undefeated wildcats go down pam and now we've got some positivity this thanksgiving week going into the final game of the season against boston college What's the what's Westgate saying here, Vince? Yeah, it's saying Pitt's a ten point favorite ten over Holy Boston crap. College. Damn. Yeah. I thought you put the basketball line and when they were playing Arky Pine Bluff in accidentally. No, no I, I think I got that. That we Pitt doesn't even average twenty points a game, do they? Barely. <laughs> I I think I got this right, Pam. You can correct me if I if if uh if it's wrong, um, but uh. Yeah, I yeah. mean the the place I'm looking right now nine and a half. Yeah, and that's you know nine and a half ten. Yeah, so over at the Westgate we got a line of ten, and I I will say this, uh, and I think I think this line is justified here. You know, Pitt is at home. Oh. Uh, you know, they Boston College is just is very one dimensional on offense. Uh, I think Pitt will do a, a very good job of, of stopping them, and you know Boston College's defense has not been that good. You know, recently in some games against Notre Dame, against Florida State, there were some receivers just running wide open all over the place. Uh, I think Pitt will be able to design plays to get those guys wide open. Catching the ball is going to be very important. Uh, if Pitt can catch the ball here, they should have no problem covering this. I'm, I'm thinking Pitt's going to win this game. Something like, you know, maybe yeah, 23 to or, or 24 to 10. Really? I see. I think you're giving too much confidence in the Pitt coaching staff to develop a game plan to this Boston College offense. Um, I just, I mean, tons of shade. Oh my, getting it. I think Pitt's going to win a close one here. I think Steve Adazio is going to get his team ready. He's fighting for bowl eligibility, which for some schools might not mean a lot. Boston College, it does, especially on this run here. Um, I think AJ Dillon's gonna have a good game, but not a excellent game, if that makes sense. I think Pitt wins. Um, I think it is a low scoring game. I think they win like 17 13 here. I like the low scoring. I like I don't like the 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 coach. This is gonna be maybe the coaching staff's best game. I think they're gonna have the play- okay. They're going to have them very prepared, but I don't see Pitt scoring a lot. But I just think that's because everybody's going to be, you know, still full from eating a lot. And I mean, not not just from Thanksgiving, but I got to imagine a lot of those offensive linemen are stress eating with finals coming up, depression from the loss to Virginia Tech. It's all a bad combo. But I think Pat Narduzzi and and his team 
are going to be ready. They're going to be coaching like madmen out there. So I'm picking Pitt to win 14 to nine in a low scoring oh game. Goodness. Very, oh. li- very few mistakes, a lot of hard hitting out there. And, uh, just keep got to keep AJ Dillon out of the end zone. Keep him out of the end zone. Keep him in front of you. Contain, contain, contain. Most important people in this game to me, Vince, are Alexander and Patrick Jones. Contain, contain, contain. Keep everything within the tackles and and let let Pitt stop the run the way they can. And I'm hoping Paris Ford missing a half does not come back to bite us here either. Yeah, there it is. Pitt Boston College, we picked it. Final game of the regular season. And uh, that about does it for another episode. We're ready to go into Thanksgiving. And hopefully you and yours enjoy yours. Uh, Hopefully you don't get too enraged talking Pitt sports, Pitt football in particular, at the dinner table. Uh, Vince, you got anything positive for people to say at the dinner table about Pitt football? Maybe when it comes to next year. Yeah, they're only going to have so many wins this year. But next year, they got so-and-so coming in. Or next year, this is happening. Yeah, I think it's just looking for a lot of just looking for a lot of improvement. I I think uh, the defense should still be very good next year. Bring that up. And yeah. uh, the, offense can only, the offense can only get better. How yeah. about that? Yeah, the, the, yeah, just say the offense can only go up. Twyman's still a, a what, redshirt sophomore. So... A lot, lot of things. But, of course, when in doubt, right, Pam? Just bring up women's volleyball. That's the go-to. Yeah, women's volleyball, praise men's soccer, and uh, maybe as the season, the year goes on, we'll talk even uh, pit wrestling as well. Always a good competitive program there. Absolutely. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Pam, what do you got to say to everybody? Hail to pit. Hail to pit. Hail to pit. <laughs>